Well, today we are going to be in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we are going to be in Matthew chapter 6 for the next two months. We are going to take some time to talk about prayer, specifically this one prayer that we find here in Matthew 6. And the, the full length of what we're going to be talking about is uh, from verses 5 through 13. And each week, though, we're going to focus in on some smaller sections of that. But most likely, I will read this whole section each time. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. Let's stand together as we read God's word. Verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. Oh God, you are, you are so good. You're so good to bring us this far. Thank you for the breath that we have. Thank you for the ability to be here, the freedom we have to come right now and worship. And even as I say that, I think of the men and women who are being deployed over to the Middle East even now, as I'm sure many in this room have friends or family who are impacted by what's happening. We just pray, God. We pray for your kingdom come, your will be done. We pray for protection for those who are serving. We pray, God, for peace. We pray, God, that you, that you would show yourself as the only hope of this world for us individually and for us as a species. God, help us now to be changed by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may have a seat. In uh, 2019, there, uh, so dictionary.com is a, it's a website that I, I use a lot. We don't have like big dictionaries anymore, right? You don't, we don't need those. We just can click on a, on a link, on a phone, on our computer. And so dictionary.com is, is, is a good one. And every year they have a word of the year. And for 2019, the dictionary.com word of the year is really going to bless you. It's one of those words that you never speak or think about. It was this. It was existential. 
Okay, you thought maybe it was going to be something crazy. It wasn't that crazy, but it's a word that is, is a little bit intellectual. It's a little bit outside of our normal vocabulary, right? We don't say existential a whole lot, but this was the word of the year for 2019. And existential, just like the first few letters indicate, okay, it has to do with existence. It has to do with our existence. The purpose of life, the meaning of life. And so because of big events that have taken place over this last year, I mean, it's been, it's been, it was a little bit of a crazy year and crazy set of years. And so whether it was gun violence or government institutions, climate change, human rights, these events led people to search for this, this word. And you're like, I never searched for that word. Yeah, I didn't either. But this is, and it's not like this was the most searched word in all the year, but it was a, a notable word that came up. People are asking this question. What's the meaning of life? What's my purpose, right? And I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I, I introduced, or we looked at that beloved new Disney character, Pixar character that came out in Toy Story 4. His name is Forky. He is, he is this spork that is made out of the trash, and he becomes this beloved new cartoon character. And I think people resonated so much with him, and what we talked about a few weeks ago was because he just, he kept asking this question. He was, he had an existential crisis. He's trying to figure out, what's my purpose? And he kept running to the trash, and he was made from trash. He's like, that's where I got to go. That's where it's warm and comfortable. And he, he was trying to figure this out. What's his purpose? What has God made him for? Well, he didn't say, what has God made him for? What was he made for? But this is what we're asking. And whether or not you believe in God or not, this is a question that we, we, we wrestle with. Like, why am I here? What is going on? And so this word, it, it does capture something that we wrestle with. Not only are we asking what, what's the meaning of life, but we're asking the question, so how do I deal with all the issues that come up in this life? How do I deal with the things that just keep popping up? How do I make decisions that are meaningful and that align with my purpose? So that's the 2019 word, right? What's the 2020 word going to be? I'm not a huge fan of resolutions. I don't, I don't do them. I, I've never... I've never liked the idea of, I like the idea of them. I just don't, maybe because I never follow through with them. Yeah, like I'm alone, right? How many of you have already broken the six resolutions you made? No, because I think, I think resolutions set us up for a, a, a unique situation that, that we, we have good intentions and we, we put some things in categories, but I, I find I find this idea of a word to be more helpful, actually. To, to, to lean into a word, to lean into a, an idea, a concept that is going to help shape and direct your life for the next 12 months. It doesn't have to be just one word, but what's your word going to be for 2020? 
Where's your focus going to be? So I want to give you a word to think about. It doesn't have to be your word for the year, but it's going to be a word that will help shape us as we go through this series and as we think about this coming year of 2020. And the word is this, it's priority. It's priority. What will be your priority this year? With all of life's craziness, how will you prioritize your life? See, we're, we're starting off 2020 looking at an answer to the questions of existence and, and how we can meaningfully engage with the problems of life. See, Jesus cared. Jesus does care for our situation. He cares about the problems of life. He cares about the problems of your life. And he gives us an answer. He gives us a way to fight. Now, it's not really the answer that we want. See, when, when New Year's start, uh, you know, all the magazines and articles and online, it, they, it's all about, okay, top 10 ways to a better you this year, top seven things you need to let go of, top five this. And it, we want systems. That's what we like. We like systems. We want to process. We want a list. Like, just tell me how to make this life better. <laughs> See, Jesus gives us something a little different. It's not a list. It's not a, it's not a system. It's not a process. It's a prayer. It's a prayer. And, and this prayer is the way that Jesus wants us to engage with life and all the stuff that it brings. And here's, here's the problem with that, right? Prayer is hard. It's hard. It's challenging. And so we're, we're doing this series to help us focus our attention, calling it the turn, right? The turn. You're saying, why do we call it the turn? Because prayer turns our focus on where it should be. Prayer turns our attention off of ourselves and onto God, onto where it needs to be. It turns our priorities. It turns our focus. So Jesus, he gives us this model prayer here. And not only does it show us how we should pray, but it teaches us a lot about him, about God. It shows us more about who God is and how he sees the world and what's important to him. And what we'll see as we study this prayer is that this, we need help in this area. We need the turn because usually Usually, we, we have a deficiency in prayer in a couple ways. One, we, we probably all would agree we don't pray enough. If you do pray at all, we don't pray enough. And two, if we pray, when we pray, it, it's not always great. It's not always the right way. It's not always with the right focus. We often pray at we pray things backwards. See, we're going to see this Lord's Prayer as, as it goes on, and it gives us this, this structure and this order of the way that we should pray. Not the exact wording, but this model of how to pray, what to pray. And what we tend to do is we tend to start at the bottom and work our way up. Rather than starting at the top and working our way down. And we're going to talk about that as we go through this these next eight weeks. 
So my hope is that this time we spend together will help us to turn in the right direction, to turn and set our priorities in the right order. This prayer is the model prayer. It teaches us how to pray. It helps us understand what prayer is. And we call it, historically, it's called the Lord's Prayer because this is the the prayer that the Lord Jesus shows us and teaches us. And so my hope is that this this will give us help in the priority question. How will I prioritize life this year? I want us to start this year on a good foot where we see the importance of prayer and the need for prayer in our lives. See, where we're at in, in, the, in the scriptures, Matthew 6, it's, it's right in the middle of the, what's called the Sermon on the Mount. This is one of the greatest sermons ever preached. It's preached by Jesus himself. And if you have a Bible like mine that you know, puts his words in red, you, you see a lot of red. There's a lot of red happening. And because Jesus is talking, he's preaching, he's teaching, he's showing us what it means to follow God, what it means to live in the kingdom of God. It teaches us the ethic, the ethics of God's way. And it is full and it is challenging. I, I almost, this was going to be our series, almost we were going to do the Lord. Um, the Sermon on the Mount, but I, I decided instead to focus just on the prayer. But read the Sermon on the Mount. It's fascinating. It's challenging. It turns everything upside down. Right? He talks about all the issues of life. He, he, he says big things like, you're the light of the world. You need to go out and let your light shine. And he teaches us about anger, a, a much fuller idea of what anger is. He's like, you think it's wrong to murder? Well, it is. But if you, if you have hatred in your heart, anger in your heart towards someone else, you're actually murdering them in your heart. And he talks about lust and how we should think about lust and immorality. And he talks about divorce and promises and retaliation, how we should treat one another how we should love our enemies, how we should give. He talks about anxiety, talks about judging others. And in the middle of all of that, it's long, and in the middle of it sits this prayer. And he says this, and when you pray. He doesn't say if you pray. He says when you pray. Very few things are as clear and as strong as this instruction. Prayer is one of those things um, that God cares deeply, deeply about it, and he tells us how much he cares about it. He's super clear about it. We must pray. If we follow God, we must pray. And, he, and I think he puts it in the middle of this amazing sermon. There's all this happening, all this how to live language, how to think language. And then right in the middle of it, he puts in this prayer because I believe it teaches us that prayer has to be at the center of our lives. As much as it is at the center of the ethics of God's way of thinking, way of doing things, his kingdom, he wants us to see prayer as the center of our life. So what's prayer? Right, that should be the first question. If, if, we are, if, we are, if we are thinking about prayer, if we're going to be spending time in prayer, we can't just look at a prayer and then 
not define it. So prayer, the way I'm going to phrase it, and I, I picked some of this up from one of my favorite preachers, writers, pastors, John Piper. He writes this. He says, prayer is intentionally conveying a message to God. Intentionally conveying a message to God. See, it's more than just talking to God. See, talking indicates that we have words and that we are clearly articulating words. Sometimes when we are communicating with God in, in those intentional moments, sometimes we don't have the words to speak. We are in the middle of life's craziness and all we can do is grunt or groan or just say help and there's a lot more going on than just us making sounds. It's intentional time when we can communicate with God because he is the source of everything. He is power. He is love. He is hope. He is mercy. He is faithful. He is everything that we need. And so when God, when, when God exists and we see that, we want to have a connection there. And so he wants us to come and commune, communicate with him. And it's, it's him hearing us. So it's very simple, right? Prayer is this engagement we have where we're intentionally conveying a message to God. And so super simple, and yet it is one of the more challenging things that we do in life because we struggle with prayer. And so he tells us, and he knows that this is a struggle, and so he gives us some instruction on how to pray. And not so much the words that we should pray before, you know, this is before he actually says the prayer. He gives us some instruction on how we should approach prayer, how we should, how we should view prayer. And he gives us this big contrast, right? He says, and when you pray, this is verse 5, he paints two sides of a picture. Do not be like this, be like this. It's really helpful. He says, when you pray, you must not, must not be like the hypocrites. What's a hypocrite? A hypocrite is, is someone who's fake. It's someone who is not genuine. It's someone who, who acts one way around certain people and then acts a different way around other people. It's someone who says one thing but does something different. And so he says, look, you, prayer is so important. It's such an important part of your relationship with God and how you live this life that you have to be so careful about what you do and how you approach prayer. He says, don't be like the hypocrites, right? What do they do? They love to be seen. They pray to be seen, their messaging to God is not for God, it's for others to see them, for others to hear them. See, the turn for them is back on themselves. I want to pray so that people will think that I am holy, that I am living right, that I care about this, that I am special, that God will hear me more than he hears you. They're the target, they're the focus, it's the wrong priority. Their priority is to get noticed, to get recognition. And Jesus is strong here. 
It says, when you pray, don't be like them. Don't, be, don't stand on the street corner or in the synagogue shouting out these words just so that you can be seen. And you, and you might be thinking, well, Adam, we're in luck because I, I don't even pray out loud ever. <laughs> so there's no, no worries about anybody thinking I'm drawing attention to myself. Well, that's not the point. I think more of the point is this. This shows us that we are not supposed to be the center of prayer. We're not supposed to be the center of our prayers. And we'll see this as we go through the actual prayer, but if all our prayers revolve around me and what I need and what I can get, then we miss the point of prayer. See, Jesus, it, it, he was saying it didn't matter what they were saying. It mattered how they were saying it, what their goal was in praying. All that mattered was that their priority was self-gain, self-promotion, self, self, self. And this is a principle with much in life, and especially the Christian life. It's not a show. It's not about self-gain. It's not about self-promotion. We're not here today to just be comfortable and, and, and be entertained and made to feel good. And, and now we want to do as much of that as possible for you because we love you and we want to serve you and give you great experience when you're here. But that's not the main focus The life that follows Jesus, the life that follows the Lord, is a life that is meant to have a closer relationship with God. God has to be at the center. It is about that. See, hypocritical prayer, hypocritical prayer is all about getting stuff from God. Genuine prayer is about getting more of God. Let me say it again. Hypocritical prayer is about getting stuff from God. Genuine prayer is about getting more of God. We want him, not the stuff that he gives. This is not, this is not a foreign concept, right? I mean, we, we all understand this in any family relationship or any relationship in general. If, if you have a friend or anybody who's in your life or family member who just wants what you have more than you, you don't want them, man. You, that, that's, that's not appealing. How much more so with God? Because when you, if you look at the difference, look at the contrast in verse 6. He says, look, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. He says, but when you pray, go in your room, shut the door, and talk to your father. Instead of shouting in the streets... Instead of making a big show, instead of always drawing attention to yourself, he says, I want, you to, I want you to separate, I want you to go into the room, shut the door, and talk to Dad. What are the images you pick up with that? There's intimacy, it's relationship, it's closeness. We, we use this phrase a lot when talking about the Christian life. We walk with God. When we walk with anybody, there's, a, there's an idea of hand-holding, of together, of conversation, of relationship. When you walk with someone with intentionality, with purpose, it's not with a big group of people and everybody's just trying to make jokes. And that, that's, not, that's not the image we get. The image we see here is 
There is real reward when we have relationship with God. You see, the, the hypocrites, it says they, they shout in the streets, they shout in the synagogues, they, they make a big spectacle of themselves. And what does he say? He says that's the only reward they're ever going to get. What they want, they're going to get. They want applause, they're going to get applause. They want recognition, they'll get recognition. What's the, what's the overarching point there is that's not reward. That's not the real reward. That reward comes and then what happens? It's gone. You just want more and more and more. And eventually it stops. Just like the Patriots were stopped yesterday. Sorry. It's a holy weekend. Do you see that the real reward is with relationship with God? The real reward comes from a quiet, intentional, alone time with God. Genuine prayer builds that relationship, and it gets us closer with God. And then he says, that's where the reward is. And the reward is not the stuff that's going to come from God in the form of whatever it is that we're asking for. No, the reward actually is I get more of who he is because he's the best. He's better than the Xbox I wanted for Christmas. He's better than this success goal I have for 2020. He's better than the pounds I want to drop in this new year. He is better than all of it. And he is wanting that relationship. He's wanting that time with you. Do you ever think, why would he want time with you, with me? We're not that great. But man, he loves us. And he, want, he knows already what you want before you ask, and yet he still wants to have the conversation. That's the mind-blowing thing. Don't think God's confused until you actually get the words out, right? That's what it says in there. It says your father already knows what you asked, but he says, go in, shut the door, and have that conversation because there is great reward in connecting with God. So that's what we're... That's what we're going to learn how to do more of and, and get better at. Because this whole prayer series is not so that at the end of eight weeks, I'll give you the formula, you can pray, and whatever you want, God's going to give you. It's not it. But I promise you, if you listen and you engage, you will have more of God. And no matter what he wants for your life, it will be what is right and and good. So as we think about prioritizing prayer, it's not easy. Everything in us fights against this, right? It goes against everything that's in our life. I mean, we, we will say all these phrases, I don't want to, I don't have time, I don't feel anything when I pray, so I don't want to, I don't think it works. So what do we do? So we think about priority and prioritizing prayer. I want to give you some ideas to hang your thoughts on as we kind of finish up today. First thing is this. I want you to think of faith over feeling. Okay? Faith over feeling. 
Prayer is a faith activity, man. It is probably the most faith activity that exists in our lives because, I mean, it even says it in the text, your father who sees in secret. It's like, it's all secret. It's all kind of you and him in this conversation. You don't see the transaction happening. The money doesn't go into the bank and then you get, you know, or into the vendor and then you get the goods and services back. It doesn't work like that. We can't see it. But yet God says, I want this to be a part of your life. It's not about how many words you speak. It's not about a formula. It's not about making it happen. It is a faith activity, much more than it is a feel activity. And if you're waiting for the time when you feel like praying, if you're like me, (laughs) this is not going to happen very often because I feel like doing other things because other things give me a feeling I want back. We generally want to feel it before we do it in all kinds of things, right? Like, I, like oh, I just, I'm, not, I'm just not feeling it, man. Like, don't, don't make me, you wanna go to the gym? No, I'm just not feeling it, I'm not feeling it today. We like to feel it before we do it in most things. But like most important things in life, things that are healthy for us in life, it takes intentionality, whether it's exercise or eating healthy or even love. As we love one another, as we love people, if you just wait till you feel like it all the time, you are not going to love very often because very often we don't feel like loving. We feel like self. We feel like loving myself. And that pushes us away from other people. We make decisions to love, to, to, to do, to, to do the things in our lives that are meant for our benefit and our, our life. It takes a choice, and then it takes faith that it's doing something we can't see. That's what faith is. The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things that have not been seen, when we, just because we can't see it happening, we believe that, that God is working when we go to him to convey that intentional message. When we go and say, God, I need you. I need help. I am believing you for this or this or this. And we, we, don't, we don't know, but we are believing that this God that we say we believe in hears and cares and wants to answer. And the beauty is that our faith actually is built as we pray, as we engage in this. So faith over feeling. I also want you to think in terms of investment over instant. Investment over instant. You, we need to see prayer as an investment, an investment in the inner life We spend so much time investing in the outer life, so much time, right? It's job success, next stage in life, appearances, bank accounts, significance, image. But if that's all we do, we will be in trouble. 
Because we'll have this outer shell that looks like we have it all together. It's the Instagram shell, the Facebook shell, where everything is always perfect and we're always on vacation. We're always eating great meals and we're always putting up this, this wall, this front, like, like we have it all together. We're, we're shouting in the streets. We're praying publicly so everybody can hear us. But inside, we're full of mess, anxieties, doubt, hopelessness. We want wholeness. Wholeness will come from an investment in the inner life first, and it will carry outward to the outer life. Prayer is us working on the most important part of ourselves, which is the inner man, the inner woman. But just like any investment, it's difficult, right? Investing is not easy. It is hard. It, it, it usually hurts a bit up front. There's a sacrifice involved. If you're going to invest in the future, in money, let's say for your retirement, you have to give money now that you will not see. And you're believing at some point you're going to see it come back. But you're, you're doing it, and it hurts. It, it, there's, a, there's a taking that happens. And so it's the same thing in prayer. We are investing time and energy and thought into something that we are believing is happening even though we can't see it because we have faith. And here's the big thing, right? It is a delayed gratification, and that is just so hard. Man, I barely have to wait for anything these days. Amazon will just about get it to me the same day if I want them to. And if they can't, I'm like, what's wrong with them? Like, where's my drone? Investment means there's a delay in return. See, we want Amazon. God wants formation. We want to... to to put the money out and get what we want right back, right away, quickly. So God, will you do this for me? And then we sit and we look around. It's not happening. Well, prayer doesn't work. It's out. I'm gone. I'm Time to try something else. We have to see prayer as something much bigger, much deeper, much fuller than instant gratification. It is about investment. We're going to see that as we go through this over the next several weeks. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. Final thing is this, faith over feeling, investment over instant, and devotion over duty. Devotion over duty. Look, I said it's not about feeling, but I, I believe and want, and I think God wants you to Feel good when you pray. I think he cares about how you feel. I think he cares that he wants you to delight in prayer. And it's not always going to be that way. It's not always going to feel the, the best. But we want to get to a point when we, where we want to pray, where we want to get into that time. Because, again, it's not about am I going to get what I pray for. It's about this is time where I get to connect with the God of the universe, the one who has loved me so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for me so that I might have new life. I might have forgiveness. I might be able to live a life so different because he chose to love me and 
seek me out and pursue me and want relationship with me. That's why we should feel a sense of devotion to him. We want, we love him. We want to spend time with him. And if it's just about duty, if it's just about, oh, well, I got to pray today. I got my Bible reading plan. I got my checklist. I'm going to do that. I'm going to pray for five minutes. And, and if I don't, I'm afraid of what's going to happen today. God's going to really get me if I don't put my prayer time in. Oh, we don't want to live like that. That's not the gospel. That's not a life that God wants. God doesn't say, you must... <laughs> You must pray or else. He says, when you pray, go in, shut the door, spend time with me, and you're going to be rewarded. Don't look at it the other way. If you don't pray, well, there's going to be a lot of consequences. Look, this is what we do. 2020 comes around, new, new year. Got to start going to church more. Got to get back to church. Really want to start getting back to church. I really want to pray more. I got to read my Bible more. And it just fits into the list of, I want to lose weight and I want to go to church more. And there's just a problem with that. This is why I don't like resolutions. I want you to think about your priorities this year. I want you to think about where is God fit in that list? See, and when, when we go, oh man, God, you're big, you're amazing. You've done so many wonderful things for me. You love me. And no matter if everything else is stripped down around me, I will always have you. If that's how we see God, then spending time with him does not become a chore. It's not duty. It's, it's delight. It's devotion. We use that term often to describe what we do in the mornings or, you know, when we spend time with God, devotional. Like we say, I'm having my devotions. It's, it's a thing Christians say, right? We don't say, I'm having my duties. <laughs> I'm, ha I'm filling out the list, check, checking off the box. No, it's like, I am getting an opportunity to quiet the rest of life for a minute and spend time with God. I want to encourage you. Enjoy your God. Find delight in spending time. Find delight in coming here on a Sunday Find delight in reading your Bible. Find delight in, in being a part of a small group with other crazy, imperfect people that are going to definitely drive you a little bit crazy. But the reward is so much greater because God is a part of that. Let 2020, let your life have a target in front priority that says, God, you are so important, and I'm going to put you first. I don't know how that's going to look in every, every moment, and I'm going to do it imperfectly, but you are a priority, and I will carve out time for you. I would encourage you, do it sooner than later, earlier than later in the day, because it just gets too easy to push it aside as the day goes on. Wake up, spend time with God, pray, read, do those devotional things because it will be the absolute best thing for you. God will reward you with more of him. Tim Keller, he says this, he says, prayer is awe, intimacy, struggle. 
yet the way to reality. There is nothing more important or harder or richer or more life-altering. There is absolutely nothing so great as prayer. Imagine if we just grabbed a hold of that, really grabbed a hold of it and said, yep, there's nothing so great as prayer. And even though as I've said it and he says it, it's struggle, it's hard, it's challenging, but it is rich and important and necessary to our life. It is the investment into our souls so that we might live a life that is, is, is so much bigger, so much richer and fuller than losing a few pounds or getting more money or being loved by more people or getting more likes or whatever it is, that the God of the universe would shine his face on you and say, I love you and I want to spend time with you. Give yourself for that cause. And if you don't know, if you've never, if you've never engaged in that first step of relationship with God, if you've never heard this or you've never understood or, or took that step to say, I, I need saving, I need Jesus, I need this. Well, the good news is that prayer is your first step towards that. Everything we're talking about, this is going to be your intentional message to the Lord to say, as simple as, God, I need you. I am a sinner. I need saving. Would you save me? I want relationship with you. And here's the, the, the great news, and this is that faith moment where we, we believe, because God's word says it, that when we say that, he is there instantly, and he does it. He's already done it. And you now are engaging in that connection with the Lord of the universe to say, I, I want, I want you. Church, let's pray. God, even now as I, I come to pray, I'm convicted by this instruction in your word. Oh God, I don't want to be like the hypocrites. We need you, God. We need more of you. We don't need more stuff. We don't need our circumstances to change. Those might be helpful and good, but our need is you. Help us. Help us to love you as we ought to love you. Help us to live for you like we should live for you. And teach us to pray. Strengthen our faith. Help us to see it as an investment that we might be devoted to you. And if there are those in here who don't know you, God, let them call out now. Save them. Meet them. Imagine, God, if we all engaged in prayer with the same strength and intensity that we do with so many other things, God, you, how this, this church would, would grow, not just in size, but in, 
in our effectiveness into this community as we are looking to bring wholeness to South Florida. It's a big target. We need you, and we need to pray in order for that to happen. Help us be a praying people.